Hello, and welcome to another Slow News Day podcast, which still doesn't have a name. I am Beth Spotswood. I'm Eve Beatty. This is our second episode. Thank you for sticking with us. You can now find us on the iTunes store, which is very exciting. We'll give you a link so you can find it easily in the show notes. But otherwise, within the next couple of days, you should be able to search Slow News Day and find us. On iTunes. I'm so excited. I know, I know. And if you uh, rate us, preferably well, um, it'll make us easier to find on the uh, iTunes site, which is kind of a shit show. But um, I guess that sounds like now, like, you Let's know, not bite the hand. Yeah, let's pizza. not bite the hand. We have pizzas. Pizzas what? But anyway, it'll be easier for people to find us if you uh, rate us. Five stars, please. Five stars across the board. Delightful. Is ten stars not possible? Ten stars is not possible. Okay. I think five stars is the max. Okay. But um, anyway, yeah, so here we are. We're um, Slow News Day. Uh, our website is yourslownewsday.com. That is Beth put it last week. The your is silent. Um, we should lead with some corrections. Uh, last week... I made a grave and horrifying error when I said that Chris Powell of extreme weight loss rose to fame because he helped some guy just sort of out of the kindness of his heart. That, as it turns out, once I started Googling it, was completely inaccurate. It was actually a TLC show, which looked so shitty, I thought it was a home job. And anyway, the point of all this is that so Chris Powell helped this huge guy lose a ton of weight, which is the guy who's regained, and he still weighs 600 pounds. Um, if you look at the show notes from the previous episode, you can find more information on the guy. But I feel bad for him that he's gained all his weight back and, you know, keeps posting inspirational things on Facebook. It's kind of, it's kind of a bummer. So, um, and I said that Rosie O'Donnell was from Comac, but really she's from Nyack, or maybe it's the other way around. She's, it's, you know what, Long Island. You said she was from Nyack, and she's actually from Comac. I think that's what our commenter said. Okay, yeah. whatever. Rosie O'Donnell's not from the town. What were we even talking about, Long Island? Oh, because of the um, the Munchausen's mom. Allegedly, oh, yeah. Munchausen's mom. Whatever, yeah. Long Island. Yeah. We're from a place that's so huge that we, if you just sort of say, oh, you're from thus and such, people sort of assume it's right. It's not all... The only people that care are in Long Island. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Okay. What's on the docket for today, Eve? Today, we are going to talk about crime and television. Um, As usual, our two favorite subjects. Our two favorite subjects. Are there any other subjects? I don't think so. And so I think that we should start with the story of Ray Martinez. Is that right? Do I Roy Martinez. Roy Martinez. Roy Martinez, a dad from Petaluma, California. Petaluma, perhaps best known as the place where Polly Class was abducted. I agree. Also, the birthplace of Winona Ryder, but Polly Class probably wins out. Anyway, Roy Martinez uh, disappeared uh, about a little more than three weeks ago. Um, dad, husband, uh... Looks like a guy. Tech CEO. Tech, tech CEO. CFO. CFO. Tech, tech, tech CFO, MBA, according to his LinkedIn profile, which we looked at before we did this podcast. Um, he disappeared. 51 years old, disappeared. Um, he failed to show up for work on June 3rd and had been missing for about three weeks. They were holding vigils for him. There's lots of news reports. Important thing to note, they found his car in his car. It had his ID, his credit cards, all that. So when Beth sent me the link, of course, I immediately thought, oh, geez, this poor guy killed himself. He's killed himself. Yeah. I think I even said that. Oh, you know, he's, he's killed himself. It's not foul play. I think we considered it was possibly foul play, but I assumed it was not. Right. And in fact, as you know, the Petaluma police detective Lance Novello said. What a great name. Lance Novello. Lance Novello. Hello, Lance. The fact that everything was left behind makes this suspicious. Mm -hmm. Usually with a missing person's case, they're home by now within 24 hours, or at least there's been some sort of activity you can chart. But Roy left his cell phone, his credit cards, and his keys in his car, and it turns out went for a walk. He went for a three-week walk which took him all over um, kind of Petaluma, Sonoma, Napa, Healdsburg, and he ended up in Sacramento. And he walked on train tracks and he ate fruit along the way because he was super stressed out. Super stressed out, presumably from work. It sounds like he had a breakdown. It sounds like he had a breakdown. That, and... Basically, they, he returned home unharmed. They said he had lost some weight and he had hurt his ankle. He sprained his ankle. Um, I assume he was sleeping in the rough, as they say in England. Right, and it sounds like 
I mean, after three weeks, he eventually called his wife, who immediately picked him up and took him to a Santa Rosa hospital. Good. Um, and then they kind of had to switch the Facebook event for this past weekend from a vigil to pray for Roy's safe return to a celebration of Roy's safe return. My question is, one assumes Roy attended this celebration. Kind of embarrassing. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Oh, that's that's worse than, like, when you, like, slam out of, like, you know, you quit your job or something, or you get fired and you slam out, and then you realize you left a wallet behind and you had to go back, which actually happened to me once. That's embarrassing. Oh, dude, it was the worst, because they gave me this look like I was coming back with a gun or something, and I'm like, no, no, I just left my wallet beneath the counter. This was, this was like a mall job. <laughs> there was a counter to leave things beneath. <laughs> well, you should get in touch with Roy and just let him know that you've been there. Because can oh, you I imagine? didn't go on a walkabout. Hang on. Oh, yeah, he kind of did go on a walkabout. Yeah. But, like, I assume, we don't know that he showed up at his own celebration. I assume. It's fun to did. imagine. Yeah, what to wear. Did he make a statement? I don't know. We should have gone. Well... No, we shouldn't have, because it seems really awkward, and you know that I can't handle watching awkward things in person. I would have been there with my shirt over my face. I wouldn't have had any covers to pull over my head, like I normally need to when embarrassing things happen. Now, well, okay, but we are glad that he is safe. It is far better that he is home with his family than he than you know the worst case scenario. So that's yeah, absolutely. Really... I mean, I you know, there's so many people that go through really really rough bouts that um, it doesn't end up this way. You know, it sucks to have to, like, after three weeks, call your wife, come home, show up at your Facebook thing. But the alternative is so much worse. And really, after a year, it'll be like, remember that time Roy went on a walk? I mean, (laughs) my family would eventually turn it into a joke. And, you know, I follow, as you know, Eve, I follow lots of celebrities on Twitter. I know you do. And and on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I'm... Chris Columbus, the director of Home Alone and many other things, has a really great San Francisco-y Instagram. And I was Mm -hmm. following him, and he kind of had some, like, RIP to my writing partner, who um, turned out to be this 32-year-old incredibly talented guy. He wrote It's Kind of a Funny Story. Oh, yeah? Um, It was turned into an independent movie. He killed himself in Brooklyn this past December by jumping off the roof of his parents' place. Oh, yeah, like I think I actually heard about Like, super successful, yeah. very talented writer who's written a lot about his struggles with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I can only imagine that his family would so much rather him gone on a three-week wandering mm-hmm. with a sprained ankle. Some, you know, when it's just like, while it's so difficult to come back and go through all of the work that needs to be done and the questions and concerns I'm sure his wife and kids have, mm-hmm. um, not to mention his employer, I would imagine, you know, he didn't... He walked on the train tracks and laid down in front of him. So, welcome home, Roy. Yeah, and, I mean, it's worth noting, too, that a lot of times when you hear about these dreadful family tragedies where someone hurts not just themselves but other members of their family, it always seems to come back to financial stress. And almost always, I think to myself, it is never that bad. So you have no money. So you can't afford the stuff that you had your family would rather you be alive and rather they be alive than the alternative. Like, I promise. Not that anyone who's, like, contemplating joining these things is listening, but still, it's just, like, it's madness to me that so often we hear about these fathers of families who, you know, do something horrible to themselves or to everyone else in the family, and it always seems to come back to money. When I was in college, I went to college in Philadelphia, and there was a bridge near my college called Suicide Bridge. Oh, my God. And it got the name... Um, during the Great Depression, when businessmen, Philadelphia businessmen, couldn't take the financial losses anymore and would go jump off the bridge. Oh, my God. Another person who killed themselves during the Depression over financial issues, Cal from Titanic. And the real one? No, Billy Zane's character. He Cal. really did kill himself in the movie Titanic? He put a bullet in his mouth um, over the Great Depression, according to the voiceover I, in the movie Titanic. I only saw it once in the theater, like, the first weekend it was out. So. I saw it eight times in the theater. I'm, I'm happy for you. I didn't have that kind of time, though. <laughs> no, I, I, I feel like, maybe was I home on vacation, or was it, like, right before I moved here? When did that movie come out? Anyway, this is not 97. Relevant. Okay, yeah, I think I was home on vacation, on Christmas vacation, so, you know. Okay. Yeah. Welcome home, Roy. 
Yeah. Okay, next crime. Next crime. No, that's not a crime. It's, it's just kind a, of, a crime. of note. Well, it is. It was investigated by the police. Right. So if I were writing a blog post about it, it probably would be categorized under crime. Okay. Um, anyway, so the next crime is Robin Thicke wanting people to ask him questions on Twitter, which is a crime of good sense and judgment. Right. I'm sure he got some bad advice. Or really, he just, he didn't have, um, you know, I think as a child of a celebrity and a very successful celebrity himself, the gauge of what is appropriate behavior isn't necessarily there. So why did he do this instead of like a Reddit AMA where, I mean, yes, I know lots of people use Reddit. I know it's super great and stuff, but the regular, you know, the regular dummies aren't on Reddit because it's impossible to fucking read and it's all those little threads and you're going back and forth and... Let's face it, most people, when someone does an AMA, they just go read an article that somebody writes about the AMA. AMA, AMA by the way, is Ask Me Anything. Yeah, 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 Ask Me Anything. It's just such a hassle to try to... I mean, I remember I wanted to read, like, the whole Martha Stewart one because I was so curious. And it was just, like, too complicated for a regular dummy like me. And I'm sure that there are other dummies who are even dummies. Yeah, we're pretty internet-y, and we don't do Reddit. So I that's probably why I would think that Robin Thicke fans are, you know, Twitter friendly as opposed to Reddit friendly. Okay, that could be. You could be right. So the hashtag he used, the hashtag Ask Thicke, his last name is spelled like Thicke with an E on the end. Like his dad's, Alan Thicke. His dad is Alan Thicke. And if you saw his dad on Celebrity Wife Swap, you'll know that his dad is kind of a jerk. Um, so anyway, lots of people have taken issue in the past with Robin Thicke's um, songs which, I don't know how to say this without getting sued, but, like, not that anyone... But some say that it promotes rape. Am I... No, I think you can say... Some say... People say that they believe that the lyrics to the song Blurred Lines are encouraging of, if not rape, of, well, women don't know what they want, and when they say that, they mean yes. You know you want it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, do I feel that way? I haven't listened to the song enough to really develop an opinion. I mean, I like the song, but I never really paid attention to the lyrics. I think they make a good point. My favorite, um, one of the... Also, though, I do think that people dislike him because of um, his performance with Miley Cyrus. Which, you know, whatever, he was just doing his job. But it did sort of seem like he was putting it in her butt at that one point. Um, Speaking of him putting it in her butt... There's also that Instagram picture that he posts with some, like, performer or dancer at some event um, with his arm around her and big smile, big, like, celebrity smile, and there's a mirror directly behind them, and you can see, like, his hand is up her ass. And shortly thereafter, his wife, Paula Patton, who I mainly know because she was sort of, like, the hot girl from the most recent Mission Impossible movie. She Uh, was Precious's teacher in Precious. I didn't say Precious. Um, but anyway, so Paula Patton and he separated, and supposedly his new record is all him trying to get her back or something. That's that's. And people are saying it's kind of stalker and creepy. So one of but the, it could all be bullshit anyway. But it could all be bullshit. And so on this ask thick hashtag used on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, it essentially started to backfire on Robin Thicke, and people used that ask thick hashtag to ask things like, um, let me quote Susanna Palouz who says, do you intend for your music to be interpreted as a rape anthem? And if you answer no, do you actually mean yes? <laughs> um, so anyway. So I liked what you said. Oh, here's the picture of oh. him with his Oh my God. Ass. They actually, okay, we're looking at the post of SFGate. We'll put a link to it in the show notes where they actually used, was this part of a tweet or did? He Instagrammed oh, this. Oh, right. Well, no, but someone on Twitter, um, they embedded the tweets on, I think, oh yeah, on the blog post, and so there's a picture where someone actually did a circle around the hand up the ass picture. So I like what you said about how, <clears throat> as a child of fame, maybe he doesn't realize that not everyone loves him, or that, you know, this could backfire. Also, people don't. It's difficult to say no if Robin Thicke goes to his people with his great idea of the Ask Thicke hashtag. Very few of them, particularly, I would imagine, the people who surround themselves, um, who Robin Thicke surrounds himself with, are going to be like, actually, reality check, that's probably not a great idea. Do you think it was his idea, though? I mean, I, 
It seems more likely to me that a marketing person, either at VH1, who I think was sort of the ostensible host of it, or, Probably, a, mar- but or a marketing person or one of his managers or someone somewhere else said, hey, let's do it, and he did not have the... I've noticed that a lot of people who claim to be like the experts on social media are the opposite of that. Fair enough. And not you, not anyone that we know personally, but I get... Things in the email every day from people who say that they are social media gurus, and they never, ever are. And I'm wondering if somebody who thinks that they are the shit with social media because they have, like, five Instagram followers is like, hey, here's a hashtag. Right. Ask thick. (laughs) Ask thick. Well, I just think that, you know, there's so many celebrities do so much dumb shit, and it all, for me, the moment... I'm reminded of the moment that I realized that like there's some there's a you hit a certain level of celebrity and you have no um, you lose your gauge of what mm. is appropriate and it was a behind the scenes of Gladiator it's like a making of the movie Gladiator and they're interviewing the director the you know director of photography or something and in the background standing in the middle of the huge coliseum is Russell Crowe goofing around with his Gladiator sword pretending it's a penis. And he's just in the background. Well, that's not losing gauge of what's... I mean, we would be doing that if we did not know we were But there's, like, all of these people telling Russell Crowe that this is the funniest fucking thing that they've ever seen. Okay, good point, yes. And now, as a result, Russell Crowe thinks that this is comedy. This is, like, legit comedy. Yes. He... The gauge of people... Like, I had a friend that was in a music video. I don't know if, like, I can... It was Ricky Martin. She was in a Ricky Martin music video okay. with, like, one of the chicks in the background. And she was saying that during, like, the when the cameras are off or whatever, they're hanging out with Ricky. And he would say the stupidest things. Like, he would ask for a water and be like, I love water. And everyone would be like, oh, my God, Ricky, I love water, too. Isn't water amazing? What's your favorite kind of water? No one ever had a regular conversation with him. And so, as a result, he was unable to have regular conversations with anyone else. Well, in my... I know that you have spent some time around celebrities, professionally and yes. personally, as have I. And God, if I was listening to this podcast right now, I would reach through and punch both of us. Like, you spent some time with celebrities, fuck you. But, I mean, I'm not saying this to be like, whatever, because nobody's that special. But I have noticed, and perhaps you have too, that there are always going to be people around who are desperate to get close to these people just because they're famous. And they are so, such sycophants, and they are such yes people, and that must be very seductive. It must be very hard to I would to love say, it. Well, that's what I'm saying. It must be very hard to be like, no, no, I want to be with the person who challenges me. Or I want to be with the person, you know, who tells me that some things are shitty ideas. It must be hard to force yourself away from that. And anytime, like, I've been somewhere with um, my friend who's a musician, and there are a lot of times at, like, the table, there are, like, so many people who are like, oh, and I remember when he did this, and oh, you're so amazing. He says everything, and, you know, anything he says, everyone's like, laughing, ha! Ah! And um, his girlfriend and I are just like, it wasn't that funny, you know? It's just regular life. Yeah, I get it. I would yeah. totally overlaugh at yeah. celebrity jokes. I'm sure I have. <laughs> I'm sure I have. I have at your joke. Yeah, well, I mean, and I think, whatever, when someone feels down, whether they're a celebrity or not, you want to be nice to them, but... So anyway, my thing is, Robin Thicke thought this would be a great idea, and it's kind of, he's a little bit oblivious, and perhaps the people around him are a little bit oblivious to the breadth and scope of the concerns about the tone of his music. Yeah. And then putting yourself out there like that on Twitter, as opposed to being like, yeah, I wrote a song, so what? Don't try to keep me down. Yeah, I mean, I don't really get how this doesn't happen to everyone, no matter what. Well, I, I bet it does. I bet you... Then why is this story blowing up? Because it was part of the... Well, because it's easy to track it, because it's a hashtag, and also because he was asking for it. I think, like, I... Okay, I only follow two celebrities on Instagram, and they are The Rock... And Madonna. And I've oh, noticed, I call her Madonna. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love, I love Madonna's pictures. Oh, he's in her bathroom. Isn't that so weird how she takes so many pictures in her bathroom? Or of her kids. Well, her, kid, her kids are adorable. Yeah. But I've noticed that she'll just, like, post something, and it'll be like, you know, whatever. Here's some art that I like. It doesn't say that. She always has weird hashtags. And then there'll be all these things like, hey, I remember when you sang, like, a prayer. Like, everything, every response is a non sequitur. 
And um, the same with, like, The Rock. The Rock will just be like, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I exercise a lot. And all these responses will be like, ah, I loved you in The Scorpion King. And what about this? And hey, man, what about that? And all that. And I think that it's, but it's hard to track, right? Because there isn't a hashtag like this was. And he wasn't saying, like, hey, everyone, ask me anything. Like Robin Thicke was. Yeah. I just don't get why, like, this story is, like, such a big deal. Robin Thicke's kind of slimy. If, uh, this is no surprise to me, having seen his father on Celebrity Wife Swap, which is a really good show, um, that, you know, he's not exactly, has the greatest awareness of how to treat women. Like, whatever. Robin Thicke is kind of a goober womanizer. I never, I don't know. Like, whatever. He's fine. Don't people use, like, say crazy shit to Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, every day on Twitter? But is President Barack Obama like, hey, ask me anything. He's probably like, hashtag healthcare. Yeah. Like, I hope you die. Oh, I'm sure that, oh my god. Now, that was Beth saying what someone might say. Beth does not believe that. I'm sure that you're... Not opposed to our presidents. Oh my god, I love Barack Obama. Okay, good, good, good. No one, no one. But I'm just saying, people yeah. say dumb shit oh, to celebrities, to do. public figures on Twitter all day long. They can hashtag it, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You suck. You're a child molester. Whatever. I mean, people can do whatever they want on Twitter. I'm just curious as to. I mean, I think that there must be some kind of collective, um, either boredom or dislike for Robin Thicke right now and that there's some shade in Freud. Am I there, pronouncing that correctly? And I think if Tim were here, he'd say, like, Jordan's Reuter or something, but I don't... But, but we live in America, so fuck that. Maxi melt shit. Um, I do think that Robin Thicke seems a little bit smug, but I don't know. The thing is, we can meet Robin Thicke and he can be perfectly delightful. I think it's... People you know, think we're smug, I'm sure. Well, they shouldn't because we're not. We're not smug. Okay, all right. I'm just saying, you know, there's... To be smug, you have to have a much fancier life than we have, don't you? That's true. We're smug without good cause. If, if, you know what, though? If you're hate listening to this, I mean, seriously, God bless you, because we're like 22 minutes in, and if you're still listening and you're thinking, God, these bitches are smug and I hate them, go, you know what, just stop. Call your mom. Call your mom, go meditate, go volunteer with the animals. It's fine not to like us, but, you know, it's not like we're robbing thick or anything. Right. All right, it's time to talk about TV. So, Beth, so now we're at the part of the show, um, all two episodes in, where we try to sell each other on shows that we're watching right now. And Beth, my understanding is you're going to try to sell me on a show from Lifetime? First of all, last week I tried to sell you on a show from Lifetime, so don't act so surprised. It was Little Woman LA. No, I'm not surprised. Um, this week I'm selling you on a Lifetime movie. Lifetime is famous for its movies. Dude, I watched Lizzie Borden Took an Axe. Okay, with the weird music. With the weird music. Okay, so this is along those lines. I think that Lifetime is breaking away from the women-identified, dramatic... Mother May I Sleep with Danger. Yeah, great mm-hmm. titles. Um, and, you know, I don't know why they are breaking away from it, because I will never tire of Lifetime movies, particularly if they're crime-related and vaguely based on true stories. This is a primetime movie called Outlaw Prophet Warren Jeffs. It's starring Tony Goldwyn as Warren Jeffs, the um, Mormon fundamentalist polygamist leader who many people know this actor from Scandal. I know him as Carl from Ghost. I know him as the bad guy from The Sixth Day. Okay. He tried to kill Arnold. He's Carl from Ghost. Yeah. Okay. Um, He plays Warren Jeffs. He is amazing. He totally, like, goes there emotionally. Mm -hmm. And the movie is, I mean, it's based upon relatively recent events that happened in Colorado, Utah, Nevada, I don't know, wherever, in the middle, in one of those states. (laughs) I think it was Utah, but I'm not positive. Um, Colorado City was like the name of their town, though, so it's a little bit confusing. And um, he plays Warren Jeffs. Very dramatic acting, very dramatic scenes, um, particularly the group sex scenes. He forces all of his young wives to all have sex with each other. For God. There's a lot. He slaps his face in a mirror at one point. He talks to himself in a mirror and is like hitting himself. This is not how Mormons are. So it's, well, he's crazy. Okay. So it's got the like historical true crime component. It also has the ridiculous over the top lifetime um, flair of dramatics. Okay. Yeah. 
the sprinkling of lifetime fairy dust over the story <laughs> that kind of creates those like moments of sincere shock. Yeah. It was I watched this with my boyfriend and he <laughs> was speechless. He was like dumbfounded um the whole time. And he his takeaway was it would be really hard to have more than one wife. You know what? That is something that my husband has said to me as well that it seems like just so much work and Tim watched like every season of Big Love. I watched like like first two episodes and I was just like this is not the Bill Paxton that I'm looking for. Mm, no. Um but I mean it seems like polygamy is one of those things that people are endlessly fascinated with. I am endlessly fascinated with it. And I have to say that like this kind of having a wife isn't really having a wife, at least as portrayed in Outlaw Prophet. This well, from how you're describing it, it just sounds more like having being a cult leader. Well, yeah, and like at one point he was like a wife's role this is said many times, a wife's role is to obey. And so when one of his wives who, by the way, many of them were his father, his dead father's previous wives. Wow. He, like, took a bunch of them on, except wow. for two were rejected. <gasps> um, he was like, a wife's job is to obey. And then one of them was like, no, I can't. I was in love with your father, which I am oh, kind of have boy. to say. No, you really weren't. <laughs> um, so he demonstrates how wives obey by basically, like, abuse, abusing another wife in front of everyone else. Wow. During the flower presentation ceremony. I mean, there's so many, like, bizarre components to this, many of them based on reality. I'd say it's probably, like, 80% probably true and 20% lifetime. <laughs> that is a surprising ratio for lifetime. It's pretty good. Okay. It's really good, right. and it's certainly worth two hours. I mean, it's fun. It'll make you feel better about your marriage. Um, it'll make you want to go rescue women who are trapped in these very, what I would believe to be very unhappy lives, mm -hmm. being multiple wives. Yeah. Although, you know, there's that other show, Sister Wives, on TLC, where they all are just happy as clams. But, okay, I don't know. I My main knowledge of Sister Wives comes from a couple of episodes of Oprah and the clips on the soup, but I don't know, dude. I don't think that anyone could be happy with a guy with that hair. Oh, yeah, that guy has crazy hair. I would just be like, I would be crazy jealous. Where are you sleeping tonight? Who, whose room are you in? And that no one is suggests that he's perhaps not that compelling. Okay. You know? If, like, if, if someone isn't jealous, okay, if someone weren't jealous of me sleeping with someone else, I'd think they don't care about me that much. And whatever, maybe they're more evolved and all that stuff. You can explain you know, I know that there are people who are in polyamorous relationships and all sorts of other stuff, and that's really rad. But that is different than being married. It really is. You know, being poly and having an open relationship and stuff is very different than having multiple spouses. And this is like, it's always a man, always with multiple yeah. wives. Yeah, it's very different than being poly. So I want to make it clear that I, even though I would not be, a, I am not, I'm too lazy to be polyamorous. I know lots of people are, and I think it works for them, but that's really different. You're too lazy to be polyamorous? Oh, my God. I am too lazy to even hang out with my husband. The idea of having to, like, date or bang or anything, anyone else, exhausts me. Exhausts me. I have, I mean, I don't know, like, whatever. Like, the idea, like, the novelty idea of having sex with someone else, yeah, sure, I'm a human being. I've been with Tim for, like, 12 years. Yeah, the novelty of having sex with some you know, fucking 25-year-old hard body, sure, sign me up. Or Jason Statham, who is old, but still hard body, sure. I know this is ridiculous. This is why people, I mean, look, look at me. I don't deserve that, but who cares? You deserve whatever you want, whatever makes you happy. I, I agree, and I also feel that the power of my smugness, I could convince some 25-year-old hard body to hit this. You could. Hit these old bones. I'm just, not to sound like a sap, but I'm, too, I'm in love. I would never well, want to be with anyone else because I'm, I don't know about you and your marriage, Eve, <laughs> but I'm madly in love with my boyfriend, so I don't want to sleep with anyone else. Well, sure. That's a component of it, but just say, looking at it from, you know, the other side, you know, 11 years down the road, you, I hope for you, will still feel that way, that you're madly in love with, you know, this person and can't think of anyone else, but also that when you have free time, you want to spend it with him, and the idea of spending it with someone else seems not just, you know, not great, but also, you know, kind of tiring. 
Yeah, it's a lot of work. You know what it is? It's like the idea of having to create a new relationship with someone else. Like, to have the new conversations and everything, that exhausts me. Oh, yeah, explain all your shit to them? And, and yeah, and, or, like, whatever, and have, like, learn about all their shit. That just seems, oh, <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know, maybe that is that, maybe that's the appeal of being a sister wife, is you only have to take a portion of the shit. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I mean, you really have to deal with a lot less, but also you've got, like, 7,000 kids, so you've got other shit to do. Yeah. it's. I mean, they're yeah. very busy. They keep very busy. Yeah. And also, I kind of do appreciate the aspect of, like, having almost a uniform. Although, as seen in Outlaw Prophet, they're really uptight about, like, how tight their braids are and how yeah. you do your hair. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking, like, oh, it's so easy. You have, like, five dresses. You just wear the same thing every day. You just it's a uniform. Right. That's what every magazine is like, hey, you just need a uniform. Um, you got a blazer. Right, all they, black, they, they, black, black, black. Yeah, yeah, the sticks and nine. Like Michael Kors, always wears the same yeah. thing. But no, not so with the FLDS, Fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. Okay. They are very strict about, like, the, your, the tightness of your braid, the way your dress looks. Especially if you are a wife of the prophet, the main prophet, Warren Jeffs, you have to be flaw- immaculate, I believe is the word. Oh, see, use. once again, I'm exhausted. Right, it's a lot of work. And I'm sure they're up at dawn, milk and well that it's it's so i can see on the laptop that we have right here it is available on lifetime.com so i'm definitely going to watch it on the computer since i don't know i guess maybe do they reshow movies too lifetime definitely reshows movies i don't know if you can watch it on on demand but i have it on dvr and i'm never getting rid of it (laughs) so i'm guessing if you're listening to this you probably know one of us personally you can just come over to my house (laughs) Or you can watch it online if you don't feel like going over to Beth's house. Okay. Because, you know, it's really hard to park there. It is hard to park. All right. It's difficult. Well, the show that I want to sell you on is Hollywood Game Night, which... With Jane Lynch. With Jane Lynch, who is wonderful, who is beautifully tall, so I assume that she is somewhat your idol in that respect. Yes. And um, it's in the middle of its second season. I sort of vaguely knew that it existed in its first season. I was like, oh, that's a show, that's a thing, whatever, you know. I don't think I thought too much about it because I, I think I just sort of thought, oh, it's going to be the same fucking people are on Hulu's line as it anyway or something. And I don't really like that show that much. I get uncomfortable around improvisation. Um, it stresses me out. But So I didn't really think about it, and then one night... Because it's summertime and there isn't that much on. I think I was waiting for Tim to bring me food. Yeah, and I'm the exhausted one. Um, I was waiting for Tim to bring me food, and I was just, like, you know, actually flipping around, which I never do in this day and age, but I was flipping around, and this was on NBC, and I was completely sucked in. So the things you need to know about Hollywood Game Night are, A, it's, like, the celebrities are oftentimes completely legit celebrities. It's not... Celebrities like reality show people or, uh, you know, like sort of weird randos. These are legitimately famous people. Many of these people have appeared in actual movies and not just on TV shows. Beth is pulling it up right now. But, like... I just want to see what she means by legitimately famous people. Kobe Smulders, star of How I Met Your Mother and the Avengers movie. Um, Oh, Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. Okay. Michael Chiklis. Under the commish. The commish, but also the shield. Um, Tim Gunn, who maybe that counts as like a reality show guy, but not completely. Um, and, oh, God. Wendy Malick. I mean. Oh, Valerie Bertinelli. See, you know what? I think that this is the show, this Valerie Bertinelli, that made me uncomfortable. Oh, because of like Valerie Bertinelli? Like, I saw like two seconds of it, and Valerie Bertinelli was trying so hard. Oh, okay. Now, see, that is one of the things that is interesting to me about this show. I'm going to get to that in a second. But so the thing is, so anyway, you could like, so it's all on Hulu. Well, all of season two is on Hulu. I, season one, who knows where it is. It's not one of those things that you would buy on iTunes. It's a fucking game show. But you can flip through on Hulu and watch the episodes that have people that you're interested in. So I'm like, oh, hey, you know, it's a, I'm going to fuck up his name because I always do but Joe Mangili oh, oh you know okay. the guy from, Hot. yeah that massive guy from True Blood totally my type you know anyway so like <laughs> that guy's on it I know totally my type he, he is all, your type he is like he's a little tall for me but yeah he's my type um but anyway so what no he, I'm just saying that I'm fine with shorter men and I want to leave the tall men for people who need them like me right yeah you know, yeah, I'm not going to use them up when they're people who deserve them I'm only 5'6 but anyway oh or like but so it's interesting. 
Wait, Joe Manchinello or Marinello? Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, was on the show. <gasps> oh. And so, and and so, okay. So here's what one of the things you realize, but you should know already, is that to become you know an actor who's successful enough to be on shows and to have a project going right now, that means you're an extraordinarily competitive person, and. Because otherwise, how are you going to get that far if you aren't climbing? So that means that they are super competitive in like something like this, too. Because if you're competitive in one aspect of your life, it's likely you are in other aspects. So these people get super into these games, like super hardcore into these games. Now, and it's not just like dumb games like, uh, you know, Battle of the Network Stars. All of the games and the sort of the quizzy things and stuff are based around pop culture things. So when you're watching it, it you you feel really smart too because you're like, oh, of course, you know, it's this or it's such, you know, like the topic is Matt Damon, you know. Oh my God, I know everything about yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great, and so it's you know four celebrities and one regular person. I don't know how they choose this regular person, but they do. So it's like someone who works like, hey, I'm Jim. I work in IT or whatever. These people are never like. They're never slumps. They always look nice, they always seem interesting, and they always seem pretty smart, too. Um, and uh, so it's, like, interesting to see. But it, what the thing that is intriguing to me is that, quite frequently, the regular person is does not appear to be as intelligent as one, not all, but, like, one of the celebrities. Oh, there's always, like, a smart celebrity? Well, I think that probably there's a decent number of smart celebrities. And I also think if you're, like, a total fucking dummy then your manager is like, no, you are not going on the show. Unless your manager is Robin Thicke's manager. Robin Thicke's manager. I'm well, like, I, I see David Allen Greer here. Well, David Allen Greer is super great smart. great respect for him. I yeah. think he's very smart. Well, like, uh, so, and, you know, and some people, too, like, you know, sort of choke under pressure, and some people are sort of, like, you know, trying to be, like, cool and stuff. Now, they're... They are do have cocktails, like that's one of the things it's like, ah, but they're sort of on this like table behind the couches. And so anytime I, you know, so most of the people sort of keep their drinks hidden. The people who sort of pull out their drinks and are drinking them while the game's going on, I always think, uh-huh. Noted. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I find that to be very interesting. I also find it to be very interesting who is the, to your earlier point, the person who's trying too hard. So I watched the Michael Chiklis episode, and Michael Chiklis is... The short, chubby kid who's yelling the stuff that's not quite funny enough. Oh. And then when people don't laugh, he yells it again. He's no. one of those. That would make no, me feel uncomfortable no, and embarrassed. No, it doesn't, because lots of stuff's happening. So you don't you don't feel that bad about it. Lots but I feel happen. that bad at, like, game night at my house when, like, someone's bombing on their jokes. It's very uncomfortable. It's not, like, a total bomb. It's not like he, like, you know, says the N-word or something. It's just, like, stuff that, you know, it's just not, you know, it's not all the way there. Okay. And then there are other people, like, Henry Weichler was on, and he was just delightful because, yeah. of course, everyone was in complete awe of him, you know, and I love seeing celebrities be starstruck. And then... Mm, um, that's a good point. I'm know, already, I have to tell you, I'm already sold on this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't yeah. realize that this was the gist. Yeah. So I'm, like, already no, committed it's, it's, to stopping at Andronica's on the way home to get dinner <laughs> and then watching this on your Hulu account, oh, which I do. use. Please do, Yeah. Um, and the thing is, too, like, you know, since if you're looking at it on Hulu, you can sort of be like, okay, there is no one that I'm interested in, or here's someone, like, right, one of the right. episodes has a cooking celebrity that I do not like. Who? I'm not gonna say Really? I, what? This is Wait, really we're not gonna say a celebrity that you don't like? I'll gladly tell you which celebrities I okay, don't like. Okay, Rachel Ray. I'm sure she's really nice. Oh, no nice. one likes Rachel Ray. I'm sure she's really nice. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like, I was just thinking about how people, you know, think we're smug or think we're mean, and so I was feeling bad. Anyway. It's I'm okay sure to talk right. shit about Rachel Ray. Okay, good. Well, also, Rachel Ray could buy and sell me a million times. Right. But, you know, and then there are other people that I am surprised by how much I like them. Like, see, I'm seeing Tiffany Amber Thiessen here, and I don't know if I can do this. Well, I see. I didn't watch that episode yet. But you know who was, well, I mean, maybe this is not a surprise, but so um, Mario Lopez is, like, so fucking charming, which is maybe why he gets to, like, you know, bang other chicks on his honeymoon and stuff. But it, I found him delightful. So it was like, he was up against Alyssa Milano, and... He seemed completely starstruck by Alyssa Milano. I love Alyssa Milano. He's all like, oh, I had such a crush on you when I was a teenager. Alyssa Milano is a class act. Yeah, I like Alyssa Milano. I think she's fabulous. Do you know that I interviewed Mario Lopez at the GLAAD Media Awards? And he's so charming, right? He's He's so so charming. Not particularly open to questions about Slater. And my, I was trying to figure out his height from watching the show, and I got the feeling he was shorter than I thought he was. He's way shorter than me. Well, so is he shorter than me, though? I mean, I'm way shorter. He's, like, your height. 
Ha! I love it. I'm five eleven. I'm very tall and very. Um, I'm five six. So. I'm, yeah. And yet we are both very focused on celebrity height. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I do when meeting celebrities is get an estimate. Yeah. Just like a ballpark. I would give Mario Lopez an honest, non-Hollywood internet version, 5'7". Okay. Okay. And, you know, I'm sure he was wearing, like, some solid man shoes. Oh, he certainly was. Yeah. Yeah. I give him a 5'7". 5'8 in the shoes, probably. I mean, mm-hmm. barefoot, I think he's probably 5'7", 5'6". Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but very attractive, very charming, and, like, you know, heartily built. I mean, he's yeah. still, for being short, he's manly, and he... It's clear that he exercises. And also, he has that kind of, like, knows how to talk to a woman thing. Well, that's how he gets to bang other people on his honeymoon. He banged other people on his honeymoon? Allegedly. That's too bad. Allegedly. That's a shame. But, um, yeah, and, and it's also interesting to me to see, like, when it's things like you're trying to... Uh, you're, you know, you're trying to, like, get someone to guess a certain answer, the references that they use. Like, um, uh, you know, like, I remember there was, like, this one, okay, so she's amazing, she's a Mexican actress, she has the best boobs you've ever seen, and the regular person. Selma Hayek. See, that's, yeah, of course, Selma Hayek, but the guy was not getting it, and he goes, from dusk until dawn, from dusk until dawn, and I thought, that's your first pick, a celebrity? It was Thomas Lennon. From Dusk Until Dawn, that, I mean, would have been my first pick, too. But So I felt this moment of kinship with Thomas Lennon. He's also great to follow on Instagram. I, also, Thomas Lennon is, like, the size of my arm. He's, he's very so, little. He's so fucking small. I saw him at Sketchfest. He's very tiny. Yeah, but I yeah. adore him. And, like, Zachary Levi, the guy who played Chuck, seems really smart and really funny, which I never would have guessed, because Chuck was just sort of like... Chuck? What are we talking about, Chuck? Is show Chuck? It no, was like no this, one watched that. No, no. With no, Dane Cook? Was no, 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 no. Chuck was like about this regular guy. Was who, Jason Lee on the show? No, no. Then I don't know what you're talking. No, about. this was like a show where a guy like was basically like he worked at like a fake Best Buy and then he became like. A oh, Best I know Buy. what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, so the star of that was finally was just completely delightful on this show. So anyway, so Hollywood Game Night. I am now just sort of picking and choosing my way through episodes on Hulu, and um, I don't know. Maybe like there's some other way to find the episodes from season one to watch too, but. I am all you can about watch, it. It looks like you can watch full episodes on NBC.com. Okay, cool. I'm hopeful that they have season one episodes, too. But, yeah. um, Like, I don't know. It just looks I don't like know. NBC.com. Also, I stuff, just, stuff you know, it's, it does seem to me like amazing, excellent casting of Jane Lynch as a host. Oh, my God. Because when you, I would so love to good. play games with her, and I, she just seems so nice and so friendly. I, I would feel very comfortable around Jane Lynch. Well, and she is one of those people where you don't know when she's on script and when she's improving. And to me, that, you know, is the key thing for a game show host. And how frequently do you actually find that in a real game show host? Never. She's a genius. She's, she's so smart. She's so funny. And when Mario Lopez was on, she kept saying, "Stop cheating, Mario Lopez." <laughs> and I was, and I was just like, "Yes." <laughs> yeah, I mean, she is a delight. The show is delightful, and you see maybe celebrities who are less pleasant get their comeuppance. So it works oh, out. Oh, okay, around. great, yeah. love it, excellent. Okay, what's next? Next is we were going to talk a little bit about this week's catfish. Is everyone watching Catfish? I feel like we haven't, whenever we talk about Catfish or I write about it, I don't get a lot of feedback, and I worry that you and I might be the only people over the age of 19 who are watching <laughs> Catfish. Well, is there anyone under the age of 19 who listens to this podcast? No. So I just don't know if like we're having, I mean, whatever. Catfish. Catfish. Um, the, I, what I would like to say about last week's episode is that finally Catfish has come back to the regular premise of why I started watching in the first place. I agree. I liked this episode um, because it was romance-based. It wasn't someone who was trying to get on TV because they've seen the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the person who was cat- the catfishy. Miranda. Mor- I liked Miranda. Um, so I was like, oh, it was, it was like coming home. It was a comfortable episode of Catfish. So did you see how weird Nev's hotel room was when they went to the town of the catfisher? So they're in the hotel room, and there's a bathtub in the corner, and then you look at the wall that's facing the bathtub, and there are two sort of regular, like those sort of like narrow mirrors that you'd put on the back of a door, full-length mirrors, two of them hanging at various heights on the wall. It was a sex tub. 
I don't know, but no, then they, they had all of their duffel bags piled up in the tub, and I just thought, why did you get this? Was this really the only hotel room in this whatever godforsaken place where you were? Very rarely, on very few occasions in my life, have I traveled and like stayed overnight at a hotel for work. But one of the times I did was when I did that video thing in Reno, and mm, we stayed overnight yeah. in Reno, and like I got my own hotel room and everything, and in my hotel room. There was a sex tub in my room, and I was there by myself, and the sex tub was, I literally just put my duffel bag on it. I never even took a bath. You didn't take a bath? I flew in at 6 o'clock at night. I left at 8 a.m. in the morning, There was, okay. and I had to work until, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. There was no... That was a good video. Thank you. Um, but there was, I just remember being like, oh, man, I've seen these on TV, like those Poconos ones mm-hmm. where they're like champagne glasses, but they're human-sized for people to sit in. <laughs> And <laughs> your Dita Von Cheese. <laughs> yeah. And like, I've always wanted to like, you know, check out a sex tub. Um, yeah. So Neve and Max were in a sex tub room. Interestingly enough, I don't believe, I forget which town they were in, but I don't think it was like Vegas. Well, and it was like a fucking Hampton Inn or something. It wasn't like, you know, whatever, the sort of place where I, you, you'd be like, they oh, I give you the honeymoon suite. They should have been like, pardon the sex tub in the I back. know that they didn't reference it, that they just like kept sort of putting their stuff on it. I'm like, what is that? I like paused it and I walked over to the TV so I could see it closer because I was so confused. I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was weird. I thought it was the whole like, come meet me at this local boutique thing was also so oh, yeah, weird. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then she bought that terrible sweater, which, I mean, like, yeah, I'm not going to make fun of Rachel Ray, but I'm going to make fun of this perfectly nice regular person for buying a terrible sweater. Okay. I'm not going to do that anymore. You know what? I was okay with the sweater. She's very fast. She has a very specific look. Yes. Um, that the she sweater was... did not fit that look, though. Uh, it's, God bless. Do what you want. I'm not going to... The thing that I... <laughs> <laughs> that was not a good sweater on her. All right. I um I still liked the episode. I was happy that like yes. the only thing that you know was kind of unsatisfying. I don't want to like ruin the end here. Was that they never met? Yes, they I agree. never. There was never that kind of like culmination of the awkward handshake, hug, or angry. I can't believe you're really a woman, which mm-hmm. is of course how this catfish ended. And that meant that the <clears throat> catfisher never got to get an angry lecture from Neve or Max. Usually Max. Well, yeah, Max was doing the lion's share of the eye rolling this time. Yeah, and as I've said before, I've got great respect for Max keeping shit real. Mm -hmm. It's probably, like, comparatively, in the real world, Max is probably a little bit douchey, but on Mm -hmm. Catfish, he's the voice of reason. He's the mature voice of reason. But, of course, you know, so much should have been, like, when they got to the part where they're like, hey, maybe this this guy is a sex offender. No, if he's in prison... He can't call you. That that Neve had to be the guy who was saying, right, right. you know, how is he, this person who's in prison texting and calling her and all this? I mean, yeah, I've seen one just the new black. Sometimes people have cell phones. We know people have cell phones. We hear about the people. Charles Manson too. had one in his butt, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's possible. But still, I think that it's unlikely. Um, I'm going to try and find a clip for you on Charles Manson and the cell phone butt because I'm wondering if that's true or if that's just something I made up in, like, my nightmares. I think he did have a cell phone. I feel like... And how else would he get it but up his butt? Also, let me just, in Max's defense, Okay. Um, if you and, as you and I have stated many times, we could solve these catfish things really yes, fast. Because I agree. we're really good at stalking people on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, if we, if there's a bunch of cameras on us and we yeah. have like a finite amount of time to like mm-hmm. find shit on someone and sex offender came up, if there was, they were in like Megan's list or whatever, we would go nuts before thinking that, about the logistics. I'm not saying that I wouldn't bring it up to you, but would I bring it up? to the person who's being catfished without betting it at least a little bit. Well, one of yeah. my complaints of the show is that they go through, Max and Eve separate from that catfish person. They're like, all right, we're going to try and find out who this person is for you. And then they go through, like, all down all of these roads, oftentimes in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. then they, like, regroup and go somewhere else. And once else. again, as we know, everyone who's standing around them already knows already the knows. answer. But then they go <laughs> back to the catfish person and are like, okay, so we started looking to this love of your life, and then we came up with sex offender, and this person's, like, freaking out. Yeah, and they play, but, like, the really terrible music. But we all know full well that ten minutes ago they got off the sex offender track and figured out that it's someone else. Yeah. And it's like, I don't get why we have to sit here and watch this very awkward 
Like, here's all of the wrong guesses we made. Let's take 10 minutes of mm-hmm. the show to explain to you all of the, and freak you out mm-hmm. over the wrong guesses that we made, and we already showed the audience anyway. Yeah, what other job do you, is, is predicated on you explaining to someone all the mistakes you made before you give them the right answer? Can you imagine doing that if you're, like, someone's personal assistant or something? Yeah. No, like, I work for Miranda Priestley, and I'm going to be like, well, Miranda Priestley, first I tried to call this guy, and then I tried to call this guy, and she's like, that's it, you're fired. Is Miranda Priestley the Devil Wears Prada Yes. Lady? Yeah, okay. I don't know why I went straight there. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, Catfish, we're just going to keep talking about it until someone leaves a comment saying, I love everything else you do except for Catfish. Oh, my God. Now you've asked for it. Um, I'm not asking for mean comments. No, no. We're definitely not asking for mean comments. Eve would not let me read mean comments on another post I did before we recorded this because she was sure. afraid it would impact my... Well, Beth read something for SFGate, and then there's like 400 and something comments, and so that means that some of them are going to be mean. That's just how it is. When you have 400 comments, there's going to be something mean. Right, and I wrote about going to a gun show, and I said that there was something about making jam in the Constitution. Yeah, um, that's, don't read those. I know. Don't read those. I know. But all right, so um, let's end this podcast, but you will not go read the comments. I Um, promise I won't read the comments. Instead... Okay, wait, honestly, what? like, hold me to this, because okay. it is hard for me not to read don't, the comments. Don't read the comments. I'm not going to read the comments. Don't read the comments. Um, what I am going to do is watch, what's this called? Hollywood, Hollywood Game, Game Night. Hollywood Game Night. Okay, I am going to watch that tonight. Okay, good. Good. Now, now you know. You'll stop at Andronico's, get some food, and watch Hollywood Game Night. You know I'm going to stop at Andronico's? Because it's nice. And they have, you would not eat this, but they have a steak salad in to-go, mm-hmm. which is very good. This is what... We're friends with a meat guy there, and he has mentioned oh, the yeah, steak salad. Oh, right. yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So, I like Andronico's. It's very, very expensive, yeah, but... Our plug for Andronico's, since AT&T never called us. Oh, that. yeah, fuck you, AT&T universe. <laughs> I'm switching back to Comcast. I can't believe you can buy, like, a... What do they call it? Like, a whole sleeve or a page on our website. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, fuck you, AT&T. We turn on them so fast. <laughs> yeah, now we love Andronico's. Yeah, Andronico's, which we'll not be buying an ad because they have no money, but... But, yeah... But they have nice bulk fits, too. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. And, oh, can I just put out one? We need music for this. It would probably yeah. sound a lot better if it we would. had some background music. So if someone could record that for us and send it to us for free, that would be great. <laughs> or at least intro and outro music, because otherwise it's just like... Yeah, like 10 seconds. That's yeah. all we're asking. Jesus. I know. God. You know, we're, we're already smug enough. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the music to drown it out. So you can find us on Twitter at your... Slow News Day. Mm-hmm. Our website is yourslownewsday.com. Um, we're on iTunes. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes once again, but if you search Your Slow News Day, probably not today, but soon, soon enough, you'll be able to find us. You can review this podcast, preferably well. And um, on Twitter, you are what, Beth? I'm Beth Spotswood. And I'm Eve B. So we're easy to find all sorts of places. And uh, thank you again for listening. Please let us know what you think. And please subscribe to us. So these podcasts will just go straight to your phone or whatever device you use. So uh, you don't have to mess around with, you know, clicking around and going all these other places. I think that's it. Have a great week. Thank you so much. Bye.